What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. What up, Nate? How's it going, man? How is it going? Um, usually when I do these, I try to wait like a couple minutes um, before. Because I'm, I'm going to have two people up here with me. Uh, both of them are going to be Michigan State guys. Um, so we're just going to talk about the game, kind of see uh, see where people's heads are at. Um, I'm usually getting, um, a lot of, uh, a lot of Michigan feedback. I want more, you know, more like a non-biased type of thing going because Michigan fans think this game is going to be like 60 to like four, which is, which is kind of, which is kind of, kind of, kind of nuts to me. I don't see that happening. What did Parsh personally have to be to have a two to one fan race? <laughs> I I try to be as impartial as I can, man. Um, I try because you know then it's like like I don't know like I have a very like diverse background um, of like my little community and um, and that makes engagement so much better because I could say something and there's like equal amount of people or it's like, you know, three to two of people just like going at each other. So it's a lot of fun. All right. All right. I figured How it out. Alex, what's up, man? <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yeah, I, I was on the app. I thought it would just like pop up on my on my feed, but I had to go back through Twitter, which I didn't realize. <laughs> oh, got you, Nick. Got yes. you, Nick. It's all good. Yes, you're Sparty. What's yeah, up? I can hear you. <laughs> awesome. You like that profile pic? I'm outnumbered here, man. Yes, I'm, I'm with you, Brandon Champion. Do, I'm sure there's a some Michigan loser in the crowd. Let's get them up here. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. Yep. No, on, man, I, so much disrespect already, man. So <laughs> no, nah, we're respectful. It's hey, no problem being out, outnumbered by some state guys. We're nice. We're good guys. Hey, it happens, man. It happens. <laughs> so, hey, like, originally, I wanted to do this at like nine thirty, but I forgot that there's a room that talks about the Bachelorette at ten o'clock, and I don't want to miss that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I might have to request to speak in that one too. Because <laughs> I'm finally, I'm finally caught up. I caught up on Sunday, and then I watched the episode last night, and I'm ready to like go in in there. I'm oh, like yeah. really prepared. Oh yeah, so, that show. There's nothing better. To, like I love live tweeting during sports, but there's nothing better than live tweeting The Bachelor. It's the best. Oh my gosh. Man, I used to watch that show. I, I, with my wife's all about it. I couldn't, I couldn't do it for a while. I was making bachelor power rankings though, <laughs> where I would, where I would rank the, uh, you know, the ladies and what, what, what he, what I thought he was feeling, and 
They were quite popular, actually. I actually get like hate mail now because because I don't do them anymore. They're like, "Where's the Bachelor Power Rankings?" <laughs> Got to get back on it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, like, usually my rooms go like an hour, hour and a half. Like, we got to be like super efficient today to make sure that we're out by like 10 p.m. All right. It's cool. Um, with me. So, look, right quick, right off the rip. Um, uh, how do you guys feel? about the whole Mel Tucker thing where he won't say Michigan. It was corny. I, I thought it was corny. <laughs> it, you know, it's it's kind of played out a little bit, I guess. You know, with the, the school up the road or uh, what was it, Bo Schembechler who used to, to never say Ohio State or whatever. I mean, I, I don't know. I kind of did. I kind of liked it, though, because Mel Tucker, and I love the guy. I love his fire, but he seemed a little bit, you know, uh, so we, shall we say cliché. He's been a little bit close to the vest. He's mm-hmm. been a little bit afraid to sort of go out and show us his personality that he has to have. So for me, I kind of dug it. I like that we got to see a little bit of, uh, you More, know, that energy. Some energy from him. I like that. That makes sense. Yeah. I just think it's a little bit tough talk for a guy who's about to get his ass whooped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's like I don't mind it. Like I'm not going to kill the guy. I just hate like the Mike Hart one, even though bad for state, whatever. I kind of didn't mind that one because it felt like it was normal, like in the moment he just said it. But like even looking back a couple of years ago with Winovich, and then now Mel, it's like it's like someone wrote a script for him, and they're like, "All right, you got to make sure you say the team up north fifteen times so everybody understands." It's just yeah. weird. Yeah, it's fun. It's funny you say that. It sounds like a script because I actually just got done watching that. Uh, Divided We Stand documentary that Big Ten Network put out. And so they they talk about the Mike Hart little brother stuff, but then they they cut to D'Antonio in his press conference right after that. And Mm -hmm. there's nothing scripted or played out about that. I mean, you can just see it. Yeah, he's just pissed. Like, you can Mm -hmm. tell that he is legitimately angry. He feels legitimately disrespected. There wasn't no act there. That was off the chest. That was off the chest. Like, you know, like, dude didn't even think about that. No, no, that was just raw, and that was just emotional. And that's why, you know, like, that whole segment, that's why it still stands to this day from, from how genuine. Because it was fire in the moment. Yeah. Pure emotions. I mean, that's the thing, too, is, like, they started it, and now it feels like all these guys, it's like, oh, man, I need to, I need to make some kind of reference to that. But it's like, just let it be. It happened, and it was cool 10 years ago. It's like let it go, kind of thing. What's- I did want. I, I did want to see. Like, I was glad though. Like, because you know, like D'Antonio, and I hate to keep going back to D'Antonio, but like that's all we can compare him to at this point. Like, he he made it clear right away that this just wasn't some other game. You know, like he made it clear that this was Michigan, Michigan State. This is our biggest game on the calendar. This is what we look forward to every year. And I did want to see some of that from Mel Tucker. Like, you know, Mel Tucker, you know, he was a GA, obviously, at at, or at uh, Michigan State. But he's been in a lot of different places. He's been in a lot of different rivalries. So I wanted to see something that at least showed us as Spartan fans that he gets it, that this just isn't another game. So I didn't mind it from that standpoint. Yeah, that's fair. I got you. So you guys are all Michigan State, State fans. I watched the whole game. Uh, between MSU and Rutgers. Sorry. Where, guys, where do you <laughs> want to start? You know, I know there's a there's a lot to, to, you know, talk about, but, you know, you have Michigan 
Michigan State, noon game. The spread, I believe, is like like 24 and a half right now. Um, <laughs> let's talk – Let's talk about let's talk about the offense. Let's talk about and Lombardi and the running back. And so, I just want to I'm going to hop off the stage, but I'm just going to say really quickly, the the key thing for me here is that I don't think we're going to be looking at Mel Tucker's face very long. I don't know if he lasts two seasons at this. Really? Point. Wow! Oh, Dang! Super hot, hot take. Spicy, huh? Sizzling. Real spicy. Too spicy. <laughs> I just think he already looks like. The Rutgers loss was awful. He looks crazy goofy after this press conference. Then he's going to go into the Michigan game, lose by 24 and a half, according to Vegas. Like, <laughs> you know, what is the top of this going to be? I don't know. But the bottom is definitely further down every time. It's going to be hard just from being in this division. You know, just from trying to compete with and Michigan, Michigan State. You know, you know, Michigan, Penn State, Ohio State. It's going to be – it's. It's going to be hard, and it's going to be a heck of a climb. When D'Antonio was killing, I'm not, I'm not disrespecting him at all whatsoever. But Michigan was in Hokrod. Penn State was in a situation where, you know, they were losing a bunch of scholarships due to all the, all the, the, uh, the uh, Sandusky stuff. Yeah. So you know the the the. These guys, these teams, they weren't they weren't at a point where nothing was really holding them back. Well, like they were at a at a point where you know, yep. they weren't re- recruiting at a great level. They weren't producing really on the field. They really didn't have a culture. They didn't really have anything consistent. Um, for Mel Tucker, I think you know he's going to have to be twice of D'Antonio just to get back to that just to get back to that. And that's going to be completely agree. Yeah. I mean, definitely true up Michigan and Penn state were down, but he was still, it was similar situation. Like OSU was the big boy on the block and D'Antoni, like urban Meyer probably hated Michigan state. Cause we would just like that 2015 game somehow pulled it off and beat him. Like he still had to beat pretty elite teams, I would say. But yeah, I agree. Like, now that Michigan and Penn State are back to the cream of the crop, Mel's got at least double the work. <laughs> I hate that argument so much, Ant, what you just said. I mean, I, I'm not saying it's wrong, but I just – I hate when people bring up the, you know, oh, Penn State was down, Michigan was down. That's the only reason D'Antonio had success. I mean, they were the only – it's not like Dan, Michigan State has ever recruited at a high level or on an equal level against those teams. So I don't know how much you can say that that's – what happened? I mean, maybe it contributed, but right. So, so I'm not saying that's why D'Antonio did well. All I'm saying is D'Antonio Mel is going to have to deal with a lot more factors than what Dan. Than oh, okay, you're Dan comparing it. Okay, I got you. You're comparing Definitely. it to like what? Mel right. Did. I'm not. I'm. I am not discrediting what he did because okay. they were good. Because Ohio State was good. That those were walls that Michigan had a tough time climbing. So yeah. I'm not discrediting that. What I'm seeing is Michigan State and D'Antonio was killing when really it was just Ohio State. Now you have right. a situation yeah. with Mel Tucker. You have to jump over the Penn State wall, the Michigan wall, the Ohio State wall, while Indiana is kind of nudging right beside you. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? 
Yeah, and we see Penn State even more now, like, coming into Michigan and getting these recruits. We've been seeing them get more and more active. I mean, who was the – was it Budden, the kid, the linebacker? And there's been a couple of Safety, Reed, I think. Penn Penn State is – they seem to be getting way more active, so that's just yet another challenge. But, I mean, then again, D'Antonio wasn't really recruiting Michigan very well at the end there. I mean, in Mel Tucker, I think for the Mel Tucker era, obviously, like, ideal situation, he somehow pulls a natty out. But the realism, like, hopeful optimist era is if Ohio State maybe comes back down to earth a bit, now it's Michigan, Penn State, Michigan State, Ohio State in the East, you know, finishing every year with, like, two, three losses where it becomes – we're trading games kind of thing between each other. Ideally, he gets it back to where there's more parity and it's not just Ohio State running train year in and year out with Michigan and Penn State there. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of college football as a whole right now. Yeah. You got like yeah. basically six teams that are far and away better than everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. So you guys so want to talk sucks. about this game? Yeah. I think it sucks too. <laughs> I agree. That sucks. There's like no parity right now in college football. Like, uh-huh. you know, you could be like, okay, there's Alabama and Clemson at the very, very top. Mm-hmm. Ohio State is a very, very close third. Mm-hmm. And then Georgia, maybe. That, <laughs> just drops off a cliff, kind of. Yeah. yeah. Georgia, LSU, Oklahoma, you could say, are in the mix. But, and, you yeah. know, but- even those guys, though, there's, you know, there's you know, peaks and valleys and peaks and valleys. You know, Alabama, Clemson, right now, Ohio State, they're they're just a blue chip stock right now. They're know? just teams that don't, they just don't lose ever, which it's like, how, <laughs> what, what is that? They just don't lose. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Ohio state has, has lost in the big 10 only one time, right? Only one time in like 10 to 15 years or something nuts. Yeah. That's that insane. Six and six season. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Like football, nuts, man, football is a pretty hard game. Like you can have a great team. I feel like it's a pretty difficult game to go and win 12 or 13 games every year, and they just do it anyway. Like, it's not even – they don't even make it look difficult. It's right. wild, dude. It's wild. <laughs> All right. So, about the game, let's start with quarterback and running back play. I know that the running back situation was uh, one of the things that had Spartan fans before a snap even went. Oh, uh, my God. Twitter buzzing. Oh, my God. <laughs> I so wanted to rip my eyes out. About- I was like, "Who? Who is that in the backfield? Is that is that who I think it is? Did we get a number change or what?" <laughs> oh my What's- god! Apparently, Elijah Collins is our third string running back now. So that's that's interesting. That was. I- Go ahead. Sorry, Brandon. No, it's all good. I, I mean, I so we just talked about this on the pod today, like. Jordan Simmons, I thought, you know, he's the freshman from Georgia. He's the kid who was recruited by D'Antonio. And then he was one of them that sort of waited on his commitment to, for, when mm-hmm. Mel, for when Mel Tucker came in. Um, but, but Matt, our, our football reporter today, was telling us that, um, you know, Mel Tucker knew about Jordan Simmons because his brother played for Georgia when he was there. Um, so he recruited, you know, he offered him again. So he's the kid who kind of decommitted and then, you know, jumped back on the bandwagon when Mel, when Mel Tucker got there and offered him. He's been talking him up, and I was 
I was, but I mean, we made a prop bet that Elijah Collins uh, over under seventy five yards, and we all oof. hammered the over. We all hammered oof. the over. Oof, I oof, mean, oof. Uh, needless to say, uh, nine carries for three yards. We were a little bit off. So, <laughs> I mean, that that was shocking though to see Elijah Collins. I mean, when was his first carry? Was it even in the first quarter? I don't. I, yeah, I don't even know. <laughs> it's like, but 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 when he did come in, it's not like he was like. Yeah, this is why you should have started me. I mean, he went in there and he was very, very subpar. Yeah, that's true. He looks. He didn't look. He didn't look like he did last year. I will say, I know. Um, I'm sure you guys both follow Will Hunter on Twitter. He it was either today or yesterday posted something about Eli Collins' first two carries. He had like seven yards of contact in the or an hour after contact, and they went for a combined minus two yards. So he was just like breaking tackles four yards in the backfield, which is tough. And the, and the number one thing that I was impressed with with Elijah Collins last year in that first game against Western, uh, yes, that is when they were wearing the neon jerseys. But uh, I was at that game, and I the thing watching it back that I was so impressed with about Elijah Collins was his pace, patience and vision to get into holes. Like, mm-hmm. he it was almost, you know, Le'Veon Bell-esque in the way mm-hmm. that he had the vision to wait for holes open – to make the cuts. And if I was going to criticize Jordan Simmons for anything, you know, the kid ran hard. That's for sure. He had a couple nice runs. Um, but I, I think I, I look, I watched Will Will's thing too. And he pointed out how, you know, there's a couple times he missed some cut black cutback lanes. Um, you know, I think one of the, the fourth and threes, um, he, you know, Kevin Jarvis, by the way, didn't block anybody. He blocked air. So there was no choice, no chance for him, but he missed the cutback on a couple key plays. And I guess that's just going to come with being a young kid, but I didn't have so much of an issue with Jordan Simmons getting carries. It was, it was the Hayward stuff that was pissing oh, me off. I mean, 100%. Seven, seven carries. The kid tried to quit the team. Yeah. Like, 100%. Didn't he go into the portal and then come back? Yeah, yeah, he did. We should throw him back in if you can, if it's not too late. <laughs> <laughs> so, look, I mean, so look, so so when they said that Hayward was starting, Twitter, Twitter went nuts. And then to pour fuel on everything, not only does he like have two bad carries, he totally whiffs on a block. Oh my! Yeah. There's a fumble. Oh, yeah. And then, it's like, <laughs> and he's supposed to be their best in pass. Yeah, pro. it's like Hayward's to... playing because he he's better at pass pro. First play fumble. Yeah, yeah because oh, I, I mean I've always thought that you know Hayward. He's never impressed me as a runner. I mean, when he came no. in and he he was the guy after uh, you know we lost LJ and whoever he was going to be the guy. He never is impressed me as a runner. He has flashed as a receiver, I think. So, I agree. so I mean, like I always thought that there was going to be a role for him this year. In you know they've talked about his pass protection, blah 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 blah. But his his receiving has he seems like a smooth route runner. He's got smooth hands. He catches it and gets upfield quick. Um, so I've always thought there could be a role for him in that capacity. But to see him come out and get carries between the tackles ahead of a guy who almost ran for 1,000 yards last year was incredibly frustrating. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there <laughs> were very the few things up. they could do. <laughs> then they put the graph up showing that he's the leading Big Ten rusher return. Uh, and uh, then he, he's getting, like, no carries and no looks. There were very few things that the the new staff could have done to make me upset before the game even started. And I think starting Connor Hayward is, like, number one. Like, 
you, Brandon, you talked about uh, Collins. Like one of his kind of nicer things to watch is he's great. He's got great vision. It reminds you of Le'Veon. Uh-huh. Like I think Connor Hayward might study or like watch Le'Veon film and do the exact opposite. He gets it and just <laughs> runs straight into people's backs. I'm like, he's Jets Le'Veon. He just goes straight into the backs of people. <laughs> I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Oh man, it's so hard to watch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hopefully we see, you know, we, we were talking about how carries might be divided in the Michigan game. And if we're going to see more Elijah Collins, uh, none of us could, could really commit to that. I mean, apparently Mel Tucker has been talking up Jordan Simmons unsolicited, uh, like basically since the game ended. And he's been pretty, he's been pretty coy about talking about individual players, um, so far. And for him to un, you know, unsolicited, talk up our freshman running back makes me think that we're going to see more of the same on Saturday. I mean, he, I mean, just from watching, I mean, he came in and he gave the team something with, you know, positive plays. Yeah. Um, when those other two guys who are experienced players, um, it seems like most of their plays were negative and they just didn't do their job. And, Whenever they were in, something bad happened almost every single time, mm-hmm. and that and that doesn't help. Um, how do you guys feel about Rocky Lombardi? I think, in my opinion, he got way more heat from fans than he should have. I mean, mm-hmm. without those, he had a couple of receivers fumble the ball. So, I mean, he could have very well threw for four hundred yards. Mm-hmm. Um, three touchdowns and I know he had the uh, pick at the very, very end, but he was no force again. Cause it was a two score game. Time was running out and all that stuff. Um, then you have a situation where you have a miscommunication, which happens at the NFL level with, <coughs> with the best QBs. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you guys feel about Rocky and how do you feel about them not getting reps for like uh thorn or Kim or Theo day? Oh yeah, I, uh, I I I agree with you, Ant. I think Rocky was getting heat, unwarranted heat. I mean, he didn't play perfect. Nobody did on Michigan State, um, but I mean, you look at the numbers: thirty-one for forty-three, three hundred nineteen yards, the three touchdowns. Did have the two interceptions, but a QBR of fifty-nine point five. I thought Rocky. I mean, I just rewatched the game uh, earlier today, and I thought he made some good throws. Honestly, you, you had. Uh, um, you had uh, Jaden Reed dropped one of his best passes of the day. It would have been an easy catch and run for a first down. That would have put him closer to 400 yards. You mentioned the one interception with him and Jalen Naylor. Um, apparently, according to our beat reporters, that, that was one of their option routes. And Naylor and Lombardi just saw a different thing, and one of them went deep, and one of them ran the hitch. And Rocky was asked, you know, who, who screwed up on that one? And something that I respected quite a bit was that he wouldn't say. Even yeah. though reading between the lines, it was pretty clear Jalen Naylor is the one who screwed up. But I appreciated the fact that he didn't throw his receiver under the bus. So I, I don't think Rocky actively did anything. And then the second interception is just him trying to come back. What are you going to do? Right. So I, I, there's a lot of things you can point to why Michigan State lost that game. To me, Rocky Lombardi's, you know, pretty far down the list. I don't think he was the reason they lost. Yeah, I agree with you guys. I mean, if if we don't fumble seven times, he wins that game. But I would say the only kind of reason I was a little sad to see Rocky is, like, we know we're going to be bad this year. It's all about the future next year, the year after. And I feel like 
from watching Rocky in the past, like we kind of know what he is already. Like he was good. He was solid, but we know what he is. He's not the future. I don't think. And from what I've read and what I've seen and everyone on Twitter, like Peyton Thorne seems to be like, he could be the guy. So I was kind of bummed out. Like unless Peyton Thorne and Theo day are just terrible at football. I was kind of bummed out that, we're not at least like seeing what we got. I don't know. It felt like we just, we know what we have with Rocky. So, but is that, is that, so let me throw this at you. Is that maybe indicative of what is behind Rocky Lombardi? Like, yeah, I mean, maybe Peyton Thorne and Theo day and Noah Kim just aren't ready to the point where they're willing to just throw Rocky out there to, to eat up innings, so to speak, and wait for these guys to get some more experience. Cause I was thinking about that. I was like, because we, another, I hate to keep bringing on my show, but we talk about this kind of stuff all the time. (laughs) And we were talking about how, uh, you know, we all made a bet that we would see multiple quarterbacks against Rutgers. And all three of us were like, oh, yeah, no brainer. They'll probably have some sort of set package for Peyton Thorne or Theo Day. And it didn't happen. And so I'm sitting there like, okay, well, Rocky, he's been okay, but he doesn't look great. Like, are our other quarterbacks really just not ready? Like, is, is that why they're not getting a look, or is it they just don't want to crush his confidence right off the jump? Yeah, I mean, I'd hope I'd hope it's just they're just not ready because, if they, like, if you are in camp and you're Mel Tucker and let's say Peyton Thorne's at the same level or obviously better than Rocky, then there's no excuse to not play him. Like, I get Rocky's older and is a leader and everything, but, like, you're trying to win football games here. Yeah, I mean, I w- – we got to see one of those other guys eventually, Have especially especially to. if the season starts going, you know, really, really mm-hmm. downhill. Mm-hmm. We're going to see him eventually. I mean, mm-hmm. he, the coaches got to figure out what they got in those guys too. But but because of because of this year's waiver, um, I'm I'm looking at Rocky's eligibility stuff. Uh, you can have Rocky through 2022. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't, do we want him through 2022, though? Like, I, that's I mean, my thing. I feel like guy, we know what he's he is. the guy, right? I, I don't think he is. That, like, no offense to Rocky, but his release takes a decade. And I don't – like, I just don't see it. Like, when you watch Connor Cook play, you could tell instantly, like, this dude, like, knows what he's doing and can throw a football. I just don't see it. I don't feel the same way when I watch Rocky. I don't know. Even Joe Milton on Saturday, like, he, he wasn't – electrifying, but you can tell, like, this dude knows what he's doing. Like, we got yeah, something he, here. He he looked very poised, talking right. about Milton. It, right. it, there was, like, a different feel. I mean, Milton's got more talent around him right now, but they were breaking in new offensive linemen. They're breaking in new receivers. They're using three different backs, you know, and Milton just had, like, this. Like, I don't know what it is. Like, anybody who's played sports and been around quarterbacks just knows, or even, not even just quarterbacks, like, say like ace pitchers or point guards or whoever, they, they just have like this swagger to them, right? Mm-hmm. They just have like this unspoken energy where players on their team gravitate to them. Yep. It doesn't seem like Rocky has that, you know, like, like even comparing him to Milton, Rocky has more starts than Joe Milton. Like, right. know, like and he, and Milton just seemed like he had more swagger. I, and I don't really know what that is or even that, if that's even fair. It, ma- it makes I'm, sense, one hundred percent. It makes sense, you know. You know, uh, you know. You see the Michigan Minnesota game. It feels like Milton is leading the offense. Watching Michigan State looks like Lombardi's just playing quarterback. Right. Exactly. You, those are two very different things, and mm-hmm. uh, I could, 
I can definitely see that. Um, who opted out for you guys on the on the um, on the uh, offensive line? You guys, Jordan struggled. Reed. Yeah, you Jordan guys, Reed. The trenches, man. Good yeah. Lord. That was a problem. It's been the problem the last two years. I mean, you watch Michigan State against Big Ten teams, and at least the last two years, like. I watch them against Big Ten defensive lines or even other offensive lines, and they look small. Like, they look physically tiny. You know, they Mm -hmm. they look physically like they're getting pushed around, and they are getting pushed around, which you see now Mel recruiting, you know, and recruiting. If you're not 300 pounds and 6'4", he's not even looking at you. Because (laughs) I think he's he's seeing the same thing. Right. Yeah. And, and, I mean, I think Matt said, like, they had nine different offensive line combinations last year. <laughs> like, Jesus. like good luck. Good yeah. luck getting a any sort of continuity in the Big Ten when literally some of that was ineffectiveness, some of that was guys shuffling in and out. But you had Luke Campbell, who's a two-year starter, didn't play in the game. You had Devontae Dobbs, yep. who's the five, four-star freshman, yep. who didn't dress, and Mel Tucker isn't telling us why. Um, you know, I don't know if it's COVID or if they have injuries or what. That's what it is in 2020. But there's just been no cohesiveness, and I think the talent level, they're talent deficient as well. I mean, Michigan State was putting linemen in the NFL under D'Antonio. Yeah. I mean, True. I think other than other than the offense as a whole and some of the personnel usage, the O-line had to be the most disappointing thing. Because I, I, like a week ago, I remember reading an article it's like, look out for Michigan State's O-line. They got a y- lot of young guys with experience. I'm like, oh, okay. We won't be – if we can block and run the ball, like, it's impossible to be that bad. Right. Was I wrong? I mean, they didn't block anybody. It was it was almost astonishing how few people they blocked. So that yeah. was that was disappointing. Yeah, nine Memphis guys. had some transfers who played really well for them in mm-hmm. that game. They had the Michigan guy. They, they brought him up a few times. Dwumfor, I think his name is. Dwumfor, yep. I remember him – and two yeah. man, they had some transfers who played lights out. And then, like, yeah, the, the receiver from uh, Wisconsin. Wisconsin yeah, their yeah. quarterback was a transfer too, wasn't he? Bedwell yeah, from where's he from? He was he was at UCF for a bit, um, and then it, I think Nebraska, Nebraska. the Natty Chance, Nebraska, right? Yeah, yeah. It, he went. He started at UCF, then went to Nebraska. Started two games last year when Martinez was out. Um, and then, yeah, came to Rutgers this year. He he was impressive to me, actually. Though I mean, yeah, he had I some he, he had some he had some jump to him running the ball. And I I don't mm-hmm. think uh, you know I I don't think Michigan State knew like maybe they didn't they were preparing for the two guys either him or, or the other guy who didn't even get in the game. Um, was more of a pro Mikowski, style guy. Yeah, yeah, he's more of a pro style guy. Yeah, um, and not that's good. What, yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, I think he played like ten games last year and. It was like thirty-five to five interception to touchdown ratio or something. So, oh, Jesus. yeah, it, yeah, it's like ugly, ugly, <laughs> ugly, ugly. Like I saw some games, like their passing yards was like in like double digits, like continuously. Wildest <laughs> thing I've ever seen in my life. That's do you, not good. Do you, do you guys know how many points Rutgers averaged in Big Ten play last year? How did you like five or six? Nine. Five point five. Oh my god! What a guess right there. Five or six. I mean, yeah, you're, all, that is you're all over it. Man, that makes I'm me sick. That stat made me physically <laughs> ill. Yeah, because like they said something like fifty-one points total last year in uh, Big Ten play, that's and they insane. had what twenty-eight at halftime. Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> Brutal, man. 
There's enough to almost try not to score. To get Actually, to point. it's like getting it's all the boy. answers wrong on a test. It's like harder than getting them right. <laughs> but so I will you, give props to uh, Shiano, though. I mean, um, he clearly, I mean, he got the job like end of December, uh, end of November. But you could see the culture um, is slowly already changing there. So interesting time with Rutgers, man. They have. They got their first win for Big Ten football in like two or three years. The basketball <laughs> team looks, you know, looks like they should be like top six or seven yeah, in the oh Big yeah. Ten this year. You know, we may have to hold off on the Rutgers jokes for now. Hate to see that. We can't kick them out anymore. <laughs> no, nah, man, we can't. You can't talk <laughs> that stuff anymore. We got the rack is rocking. The rack is rocking. Yeah, I mean, the basketball team always makes me nervous when State has to go there. I do not like it. Good for them. Steve Peichel is a beast, man. That dude yeah. is – he's probably my favorite coach mm-hmm. in the league. Uh, yeah, they, what's John Rothstein say? Pounded nails or whatever is like what it's like when you play at Rutgers. I don't know. He's always <laughs> talking about like goat rodeos and I don't know. <laughs> I think it's one of his things. He says like Steve Peichel, pounding nails or something like that. <laughs> Rutgers basketball, pounding nails or something. I am uh, one goat rodeo tweet away from blocking him. <laughs> and Rothstein gets hate, man. Rothstein gets so much hate. And the guy just wants to watch some basketball. Dude, he's I so love annoying. it. I, he, he, I, I, I get it. He, he's harmless. He is, an, he is annoying, but I love his enthusiasm. We sleep too. in May. Yeah. He's harmless. He's harmless. I love his enthusiasm, though. Come on. Yeah. You got to give him credit for that. Yeah. Like, he, he loves college basketball. He, like, he sticks loves. to his, his character very, very adamantly. I'll give him that. <laughs> oh, shoot. We're talking about basketball, guys. We're, we got to steer the shit right, back. So, so de- defensively, <laughs> defensively, how did you guys do? Cool. Uh, uh, so, I think it depends on who you're talking about. Um, there were some definite standouts. Uh, uh, Simmons. Why can't, why can't I think of his damn first name right now? Antoine. Antoine, yep. The guy was all over the place. Yeah. I mean, he, he's clearly the heartbeat of the team. He's he's the guy who gets it. He's one of the holdovers who who gets what it takes to win at Michigan State. You can just tell. He's become super vocal. He's the guy they always make available to the media. He was flying around out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, you saw him filling yeah, gaps. Him and uh, Noah Harvey, the other linebacker, I thought both played pretty well, actually. Um, and special teams, too, right? Special teams. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, it was nice to see our boy Coglin, you know, remember how to kick again. Um, <laughs> although he needed three tries on that one. Yeah, still made a count, though. Hey, uh, all you, you got to do is make one. Yeah, yeah. and uh, – <laughs> I want to ask you guys. So the Shakur Shakur Brown, another guy I thought played really well. He's one of the holdovers uh, corner. He had that the pick six that got called mm-hmm. back. Mm-hmm. What a terrible call that was! They yeah. called the blindside block on uh, one of our no young. I think it was on was, Chris Jackson. Yeah, go go terrible. back and watch that play. That is not. What he the like blindside block rule was put. He in like court. barely even. Well, the guy is fully facing him, and he like barely hits the dude. I didn't even understand it. Just brutal. That like, and that was a bad. that was a big point in the game too. Yeah, I mean, that was that, huge. To to not get that. I mean that that was. I mean I'm not saying that's why they lost. They lost because they lost, and they turned the ball over seven times. But right. to 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 take a play away like that, you know, that was pretty tough. 
I thought he did well. And yeah, I thought he did well in past. I mean, you had a lot of young guys in there. You had in the secondary that I think they're replacing, you know, at least two starters up front on the, on the edges, you know, you had Beasley in there on the defensive end. He's a new starter. Um, you know, no Harvey's a new starter. They were shuffling young guys in and out in the secondary. So I don't think we saw, uh, Snow's kid, though. I was a little surprised nah, about that. Yeah, no. I was also kind of bummed out, but he's young. Uh, what's his name? Darius? Is Darius yeah. his name? Yeah, Darius. Yeah. Um, what's going on with uh, Julian Barnett, man? Oh, my God. Yeah, we didn't see him either, did we? Or was That's, he playing? No, he did. He played special teams, so he was dressed and everything. It, it was Hayward and him. I'm like, Mel, I get it. You only had a couple months, but I, it felt like – the one thing you got to get right. It's like, there's five guys on this team that no doubt, I don't care whose position is up for grabs. Like they should play. How is Julian Barnett? Probably the best athlete on the team. He's just not playing. Like he was a four-star kid, wasn't he? Yeah. He was like a top 100 recruit. I mean, he was good last year too. He played a lot of wide out last year. He was solid. I don't care what position he plays. I would bet my life. He's better than whoever was playing it yet. Like Saturday. So that was, that was disappointing. Some, some weird choices being made by Mel Tucker. I don't know if yeah. he's if he's just like trying to motivate some guys. I hope if he's just shaking stuff up. But there, <laughs> there was a lot of weird stuff going on in the people he was putting in the lineup. I mean, it was it was like preseason games for that, but they yeah. don't have that this year, unfortunately. Yeah, no spring season either. So right. I mean, they had they had had you know two two scrimmages. One of them was like three weeks ago, and it was like the first time Mel Tucker had seen his guys tackle to the ground since he'd been head coach. Yeah. So, I mean, how much of the sloppiness do you guys are you guys drawing up to lack of reps? I mean, he's not a guy who's going to make excuses, but right. you know, really limited reps. We mentioned the the miscommunication with Naylor and Rocky. You're putting the ball on the ground. You can you can do whatever you want in practice. Wrap up, wear shells. Until you're getting hit, it's a completely different ball game. I mean, I'm not trying to sit here and make a bunch of excuses, but the deck really is stacked against Mel. It Tucker. is what it is. I mean, yeah. it's not an excuse. No, I mean, and he dude, wouldn't make it an excuse either. Yeah, so like, you know. Duke gets hired mid-February, things get shut down a month later, and then there's this like seesaw of Big Ten just saying, "Hey, we're playing." No, we're not. Hey, we're playing. I'll see you in five weeks. So it's just, I mean, it's just. It's just bad luck, and it's just a situation where, you know, D'Antonio didn't leave Michigan State in a great spot. With no, how, he did not. With, with, you know, how he recruited the past couple of seasons, and then you wait and get and get your money, which, hey, get your money. You deserve it. I get it. But then now you put Michigan State in a tough spot to get someone in here within the next few weeks. And – um you know, Mel Tucker signed up for that, but yeah, didn't absolutely. sign up for COVID as well, too. Yeah. I mean, what? I mean. Go ahead, man. But uh, it's, uh, it's, it's just one of those things where, like, you know, like saying these things, it's not giving him an excuse. It's just laying out like, hey, look, this is the situation right now. And mm-hmm. I think that Michigan State, um, they're not ready for the, for, for the Big Ten right now. They're probably spring ball ready. Um, yeah. And those are two different things. Um, and by the way, Barnett was number 57 in the number eight cornerback. Yeah, like he needs to be on the field every Come single on. play of every single game. 
number I think, 57 in the country, bro. I think as far as the sloppiness goes, like the Rocky Naylor miscommunication, that's probably due to just not enough time. The fumbles, it's like, when are they going to fumble seven times in a game again? It's kind of a fluke at some point. But the one thing I will fault Mel, whether he started yesterday or six months ago or whatever, mm-hmm. like when it comes to playing Barnett or playing Simmons or Collins over Hayward, like, you should be able, within, like, a week of watching these guys, be able to tell, hey, Julian Barnett's probably the most athletic dude on this team. Like, I should figure out a way to let him play. That somewhere, was the one thing that somewhere, me. Yeah, anywhere. Somewhere. Anywhere. Put him in the out. game. Whether it's safety, cornerback, kick return, punt return, figure it out. He yeah, played receiver absolutely. last year. I mean, Yeah, put true. him in that receiver. Trey Mosley, got, Trey Mosley got hurt in the game, and Mel Tucker's calling him day-to-day. Um, I got a bunch of messages, or we did today. People wanted to see Trayvon Morgan in the game, but he wasn't even playing. He wasn't even playing behind uh, uh, White and there's, yeah. uh, the Foster kid. I forget his first name, but he, he seems buried in the depth chart. So I'm not sure we're going to see that. Um, and Mel did talk a lot about how they were cross training guys for offense and defense. And Barnett's obviously one of those main guys, right. but to not see him on either side of the ball was really surprising. Yeah, I but, mean, cro- like. Training, cross-training, whatever, like, just let the guy go be a stud. He's a beast. He could have yeah, played no. anywhere in the country. Just go let him play. Well, on and a talent-deficient team, you want to see your most talented player. Exactly. Exactly. And then more fuel on the fire, you know, you you don't play him on offense. And then two fumbles from your receivers it kind of just right. makes mm-hmm. it just way, way worse. Three, yeah. actually, if you count uh, Jalen Naylor's muffler. Yeah, on the punt. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, you, you should, what about Jaden Reed? We haven't really talked about him. You mentioned the two fumbles. I mean, I, I've been pumped to see him. Like, yeah. ever since he came from Western, I have been so pumped to get him on, on the field. I mean, he was pretty much as advertised as far as I'm concerned. I mean, lots of separation. The touchdown was amazing. Stop foot, go foot, like, accelerated, ran away from the defense. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I was pretty, pretty impressed with him. I think he's going to be a pretty good player. Yeah, he's going to be a stud. The fumbling put it away, it happens, but I think he'll be a stud for sure. The one was kind of – that was a good play by the corner. He ripped it out. Like, yeah, yeah, that was it happens. He'll figure it out. I mean, he's not going to fumble at least twice in a game for the rest of the year, I'd guarantee that. Mm-hmm. Plus, like, like you just said, on a talent-efficient team, he yeah. seems like a guy where he can just beat a dude one-on-one. Right. Which, thank God, become <laughs> – since Aaron Burbridge, when's the last time we've been able to do that? <laughs> oh, man, Burbridge. I like that guy. That was my minute. man's. Who's that little punt returner? Sowards? He was great at that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I wanted to talk to hey, I wanted at to least Sowards caught the ball. Yeah, yeah you got to give him that. You got to give him that. Sometimes. He, he, liked to watch, he liked to watch it bounce, you know, when he was back on punt return. But. <laughs> <laughs> he always had to make sure he had, like, 30 yards of cushion to try to catch it. <laughs> And what did what did you think of Mich- what did you think of Michigan? I want to hear what you think of them or what you uh, because you know they started out a little slow, but I was pretty impressed. Yeah, they were good. Uh, it was it was it was a lot of fun to watch. Um, you know, being able to, I told people like you know you you we have not seen we have not seen that type of poise and that calm from a quarterback since probably Jake Rudock. Um, mm-hmm. But Jake Rudock doesn't have a fraction of the talent that um, Milton does. That's, like, the main difference. But mm-hmm. just an even-keeled quarterback, when things were good, 
hey, great job. When, you know, things kind of went, meaning things really didn't go sour, but he was just so even keel throughout. Um, there was no extra hoopla, jumping up and down, extra extra garbage. Um, he was very, very calm, even killed, and confident. That was a lot of fun to watch. And we haven't felt that in a long, long time. And having a quarterback on top of that to actually be super talented, it's, it's been a while. Um, owned the trenches pretty much. Did very well from an offensive line and, and defensive line standpoint. Um like nine different receivers caught a pass, spread the wealth, um, and they and they showed they showed a few schemes that have wild potential. But they just did that just to have defensive coordinators have something else to put on tape. And um, the offense was honestly my least the least of my concern because I believe in Gaddis. I. I People know I used to call him Josh Scam Artist. <laughs> I called him Josh Scam Artist the, the first month and a half because dudes were just I I know what I was watching, but you know you know once the halftime of the, the Penn State game and on, um, I am all in with them. Um, our back seven, our DBs, and our quarterbacks that was also a concern and. Uh, they did fairly well against Bateman. I mean, Bateman was really good for Minnesota. That dude yeah. is electric, and mm-hmm. they did, they did a fairly good job with him. But um, had some bounces go our way, so I understand that piece. Not turning the ball over offensively is huge, uh, and that's why we saw a twenty five point win rather than maybe a three or five point loss or a very very close game at the end. I, I am terrified of Michigan's defensive line. I mean, yeah. against this Michigan State offense, offensive line, I mean, Quiddy Pay, uh, Aiden Hutchinson, you know, Jeter scored the touchdown. I, I don't know how they're going to block these dudes. Like, yeah. I, I, especially in pass, pass protection, I don't. I, so you, Rocky, Rocky might get put out of the game because he has to be because he's on a freaking getting carried off the field. <laughs> I hope not. I hope not. But I, I am. I mean, I, I'm so afraid of facing that front. So you're not gonna you're not gonna bet the Elijah Collins over this week? Is that what I mean? <laughs> I didn't ask that question. I made it easier. I said, "Who's gonna lead the team in carries?" <laughs> I think uh, I think what scared me the most about Michigan, like the way Michigan's O line played, makes me not want to wake up on Saturday. They might run it for 700 yards on us. Like you guys just manhandled them. Like you'd think yeah. Minnesota was Rutgers last year. The way they were just getting moved, it was it was incredible. And the then run Hill, game, the yeah, run yeah. game was so good. Having a quarterback who is not afraid to pull on reads, or mm-hmm. you know, we're not afraid to you know, call a quarterback draw. And the fact that Milton was taking these big runs, getting seven or eight chunks and not mm-hmm. getting hit, um, that was um, that was very calming for me. Um, the run game was, oh, my gosh. They allowed, I think, like one sack, I believe, and that one sack was the very first, very first possession when uh, Milton left the pocket a little bit too early, and they got him. And ever since then, they pretty much own the line. Yeah. Get Zach Charbonnet in your DFS lineups. That's all I got to say. 
<laughs> I don't know. He may only have like three carries because it's like a running back by by committee thing right now. Yeah, no, I know. I mean, start them all. Put Haskins in there too. Chris Evans is probably like Chris Evans is probably like five dollars. And, and I gotta ask you the one weakness: Does Quinn Nordine not like sleepovers anymore? The kicking game was the kicking game was brutal. Apparently, he was hurt. So. He was hurt, and he was, like, getting over some injury or something. But, I mean, like, Jake Moody, I mean, he was cold-blooded last year for us. I don't know what that was on Saturday. Yeah, like, I mean, he was missing everything. Guy? <laughs> yeah, dude, like, it was what bad. is going on, man? <laughs> but hopefully, hopefully that gets solved because we're not going to be able to beat teams that we shouldn't beat without a decent kicking game. Um, what, and this will be the you- first game that we play against a team who could punt and, and like kick the ball off too. <laughs> what do you? Um, it's going to be so weird on Halloween in an empty big house. I mean, being in an empty Spartan Stadium is one thing. Being in a stadium that usually has over a hundred thousand people, and the way that the big house is set up, where it's you know we like to say in Spartan Land that it's flat and doesn't sound loud like it should. Um, but you know. It's just going to be – it's large and cavernous, and to see that completely empty is going to be bizarre. Yeah, it's going to be weird. It's going to be wild. But, I mean, I am I, – I like it from the point of competition because it's basically a neutral field, mm-hmm. and the better team should win. Yeah. Well, we we haven't seen see that it. so far, really, though. If you look at college football – I mean, sure, the elite, the elite, elite programs like Clemson and Bama—they're just being Clemson and Bama. But we, we have seen some weird results. So they've far. got fans down there, though. No, That's, true. Yeah. That's true. That's you true. Know, yeah. Even even twenty percent capacity is like a one eighty from an empty field, from an from an empty uh, crowd. Twenty <laughs> percent of the big house over like twenty five thousand people that they could make some noise. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah, that'd be, yeah, I mean, quite as long as it's not the old people, you know, <laughs> it, was, good. it was like we, yeah, like the we. The, that's the thing. Like you get these people in the stadium, it's going to be the people that want to stand on third down, not the you know, not the uh, you know rich alumnus who's sitting on their pad saying sit down, yeah, like the, the down in front game. crowd. Exactly. Yeah, it's like, lady, exactly. this is a football game, not a funeral. Okay, you can watch <laughs> it from your house. Like, we're gonna get excited. That drives me crazy. That, that's a whole nother tangent, but you know, like, I, it just drives me nuts. But like, you. T- oh, I don't know what mm-hmm. happened there. Hey, yeah, Matt. Like Matt, what's up, man? What's going on, guys? I'm loving hey, this conversation right now. Hey, go what? ahead, man. Yeah, well, I was just gonna. I I ch- I I tuned in right. When you guys were talking about uh, Minnesota basically not having, or Ant, you were talking about Michigan finally playing a team that has a competent kicker. Um, and I was thinking about that uh, the other day. And, you know, it was exciting to see Michigan just moving the ball like it was nothing. But they were constantly starting their drives basically on Minnesota's side of the field and, or just, you know, a short field most of that game. So I was just thinking, while wow, it was amazing to see Michigan, you know, as a Michigan fan, uh, moving the ball basically with ease, I'll be curious to see them do it against a team that pins them back at the 10-yard line, that pins them maybe inside the 10 
or, you know, whatever. They'll have to actually do some 80, 85 yard drives. That's the one thing like that would be my takeaway from that game as you know, against Minnesota, everything was great. Joe Milton was great. Offense looked great. You know, all that stuff. Everyone loved it. I want to see what, what they're going to do if they're constantly kind of playing a, a field position game, you know, always having to do 80, 95 yard drives or something like that. That'll be interesting to see. Oh, for sure, man. And um, I think the one, the one possession that they were pinned within the 10 was when they got, the turnover on downs, it was fourth and goal. And then the very first play, like, this is how dominant our offensive line was. Haskins ran the wrong way, then cut back and ran for 66 yards. Yeah. You know, when you're dominating the line like that, um, it really, like, it's so hard to, it's it's so hard to con- to contain an offense they could do whatever they want, however they want. Well, and yeah. they were doing they they were doing some plays where with two backs, like having Charbonnet and Haskins in, or even like Charbonnet and Evans or something. So yeah. you kind of got your. I mean, pe- teams are going to eventually, you know, do some scouting and pick up on some of these plays. But you know, the defense is sitting there looking at okay, Charbonnet is more of a downhill runner. But then, like on that first play of the game, they they ran Blake Corum out for a, a, like a swing pass. So, you know, defenses are having to figure out, are we thinking that Milton's maybe going to run up the middle, Charbonnet's coming up the middle, or are one of these speed guys going to be coming out, you know, outside the tackles or for a screen pass or something. So, yeah, yeah I, I'll be curious. I, I think Michigan State is going to be a little more prepared. You know, they've seen some tape now with Joe Milton and stuff. So yep. I'll be curious what else Gaddis can do uh, on offense. He called a great game. He mm-hmm. called a great game. Um, it was very impressive, and we'll we'll see what what they're we'll see what they're going to try to attack on Saturday. Um, we only have a few more minutes here, guys, but the spread is twenty four and a half. What are your final predictions for this game? Oh God, do we, Can I? Can we skip this part? <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> absolutely not. Um, I guess I'll start. I don't know. I think, and you kind of mentioned the one outside of the kicking game, semi-weakness for Michigan was the back end a little bit. Um, I know there's some younger guys like Makari Page had mm-hmm. some not-so-great moments. And I think, actually, State with guys like Naylor, and we talked about Jaden Reed, and if Mel like realizes Julian Barnett's a beast, I think an advantage State might potentially have is maybe those wide receivers, you know, finding some room in the Michigan secondary. But – um, that being said, he may, he and Jay Johnson may decide to run three halfback dives every single drive anyway. <laughs> so I don't know, but I'd say Michigan's probably going to, I don't know, like 42, 14, like if state kept this close, I would be, let's, let's put a statue up of Mel Tucker tomorrow. <laughs> Go ahead, Brandon. Are you there, Brandon? This phone, phone dies on. Yeah, I don't know. Probably died or something. I don't know. Yeah, he might have fallen out. Um, I see. So yeah, I'll hop in. I, I think uh, you know people talk about. I mean, I'm I'm kind of with you, Nick. I, right now, it looks like it's gonna. It's definitely trending towards a blowout in Michigan's favor. I honestly think that the best recipe for Michigan State right now is getting to play 
the best recipe for Michigan State right now is getting to play Michigan. If they had to go in, you know, they can put the Rutgers game behind them. If they had to go in and play in Illinois or in Iowa or, you know, something like that, it might be kind of hard for them to get up for it. It's yeah. like, oh, man, we, we just lost to Rutgers. Like, how are we going to get up for Illinois or Maryland or something like that? They can put Rutgers behind them and go out and make a statement. And even Mel Tucker can go out and be like, hey, guys, forget about Rutgers. Let's make a statement to our fan base, to our recruits and everybody else. And everyone's all high on Michigan right now, high on Michigan, high on Joe Milton and everything. Let's go out and put up a fight. How long that's going to last, you know, I don't know. Talent and athleticism, Michigan – is definitely, you know, a little stronger in those places. And I think I think Harbaugh, like to that point too, he wants to make a statement. I think Harbaugh recognizes that right now in the state of Michigan, you know, the things are kind of trending a little more towards Michigan being showing that they're like the stronger program in the state. I think mm-hmm. Harbaugh is going to try and, and make a statement too. So win by 30, win by 40. And we might see the starters all the way into the fourth quarter, even if it's a blowout. So I, I'll be seriously very curious to see – if Michigan State comes out with some fight trying to put up a, you know, make a little statement. But I do think it's going to end up being like a, a 38 to 10, something like that type game. Okay. Is Brandon back? All right. So I'm going to go with um, – uh, I made this prediction before, and I'm going to stay with it. Uh, I'm going to go with Michigan State had seven turnovers – and they lost by two scores to a team that's had more time to prepare. Other Big Ten transfers who played very, very well. Uh, a, one of the best Rutgers coaches um, of all time is now back. So I think this week has been a focus on ball security, and I think they're going to – and they were embarrassed, and I think they're going to come out with some extra fight. And I actually think for the first quarter and a half – um, they're gonna they're gonna be right there, but I just think they get overwhelmed because um, they can't sustain that for for uh, four quarters. So I'm gonna go with they cover the spread. Uh, Forty two twenty three is where I, is where I'm I'm thinking. I'll, I'll take that. I think yeah. I mean I think for state and Mel, obviously it'd be awesome to win the game, but I think more importantly than anything, like come out be physical. Like, oh, line show some improvement and, like, act like, you know, just, like, act like you – it's the Michigan game. Just come out firing. I don't know. We'll see. I'm with you. It's going to be it's going to be interesting. And Mel Tucker, um, this is the game you throw the kitchen sink. If you go one and eight and but win this game, oh. Michigan State fans will shut up for the next three years. We're, yeah, we're partying in the streets. Can you imagine – it comes down to a field goal. Jake Moody misses his seventh in a row on the season. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the the other thing too, like, you know, like yeah. kind of the serious side of how 2020 is, you never know Dude. how the rest of the season is going to go. So, I mean, we're already seeing a game getting canceled. So Michigan State talking about this being like their Super Bowl, like going if they go one and seven, but this one win is against Michigan, go out and you can almost sell this as like, this might be the last game you play this year. So go out. I mean, you don't want to tell your players that, but, you know, play it in that sense. We don't know what the rest of the season's going to do. So, I mean, you, you put, like you said, lay it all out there and go out there and try and shut Joe Milton up and shut all the, the fans up and everything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they got nothing to lose. Yep. All the fans. Am I back? What You're up, back. Brandon? Yo, 
I don't know what the hell just happened. I'm I'm still trying to figure out this app. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> hey, it's but, all uh, good. We're yeah. just talking predictions. Oh, I Which made one got? today. I made one today. I said 38 to 10. Okay. Yeah, that's is, what I said. Yeah, I mean, it's – I think, what is the spread, 24? So, I mean, I did read something like Michigan has never covered against Michigan State when they were like a 20-point favorite. So, I don't know if we're all just idiots here or Vegas is trying to bait everyone, but – it's pretty hard to not see this as a pretty one-sided affair. I think if Michigan State is going to have any sort of chance, it'll be controlling the ball. Maybe you can get some pressure on the defensive side of the ball and make Milton, who is still an inexperienced quarterback, maybe you can make him make some mistakes and uh, maybe we can order up a little bit of sideways rain, maybe a little sleet, um, you know, Oof. maybe, you know, uh, uh, anything else that we can do? Like Talk maybe, to me. Maybe TJ Duckett. <laughs> TJ Duckett, can he play still? Or, uh, so. I mean, we need we need what happened. To, we need them to fumble seven times to have a yeah. shot. That's what we yeah. need. A couple turnovers, maybe a pick six, maybe a special teams touchdown. I just oh. want to see. I think it could end up being one of those games where, like, maybe it's a little bit close early on. Maybe Michigan State's hanging around, and then you know the floodgates might just open. Yeah. But it should be a I'm lot excited. of fun either way. It should be a lot of fun. Yeah, Michigan, yeah, for Michigan you, State's for, awesome. That'll be fun for you guys. If it was D'Antonio, like, I would have a different tone right now. <laughs> yeah. Because that dude pulls some of the weirdest crap out of his butt, man. My, wife says, he, my wife says he sold his soul to the devil. And then, you know, the <laughs> right. to, win, to win the ball is free. It was like a, <laughs> for you know. for uh, $4.3 million. <laughs> That's right. I'll take That's that. That's a deal. bunch of soul cost. I, I know. I know. We got to jump out, but did you guys think it was weird that he was like kind of just skulking around the stadium, watching his old team last week? Antonio was just like all by himself out there, like just watching. You think he's just thinking, like, what the hell have I done? Like, yeah, right? I think it just shows how comfortable he is and how okay with his decision he is. Yeah, like, honestly. I mean, state football is like it's like his baby. I mean, he's probably like. Even though he's not the coach anymore, I don't know if he has, like, technically has a job with MSU. But yeah, he I mean, does. it's still he, it's like his kid. He he does have some sort of job with MSU. I think they're trying to justify that bonus a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> I don't blame them. <laughs> All right, hey, so we are at time. I gotta get get over to uh, check out the the Bachelorette room right now. But <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, but thank you guys for hopping in, uh, Matt, Brandon, Nick. Thank you so much. Uh, if you guys need this audio for your own pod, uh, I'll go ahead and email that to you as well. But um, uh, I do appreciate you guys coming on, man. And uh, um, I'm probably going to have a post game like around like 345, 4 o'clock on Saturday. And we'll kind of talk talk about you know what happened in the game and um, why this team won, why this team lost, and kind of just talk about what's um, what's happening. Sounds good yeah. to me. If, if yeah, I, right. I'll see you thanks guys. for having me. I appreciate yeah, th- it. Thanks for the invite, man. No, thank you guys.